yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode, episode number 21 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, The 27 Guy. Again, thank you for taking the time to download the podcast. Uh, your support is sincerely appreciated, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for it. just want to let you guys know that. Um, today's episode, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of things going on. Um, but first I want to, um, I just want to sincerely, I know I just kind of mentioned it there, but I want to sincerely thank those of you who have taken the time to written, to write me a, a kind note, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, it's great to know that there are people who are listening, great to, uh, be able to correspond with, with those of you guys. My LCS, my local card store recently moved um and I, it's hard for me to i actually haven't been to the new location it's probably another 15 minutes out of my way and it's tough to get there always and but i find that uh, i i truly enjoy the the correspondence that i have through blowout cards and through the show and just want to say thank you guys it's been awesome as always, um, any way that you can support the show, I appreciate um, those of you who have kind of said thank you for the different things that I've covered um, on the different on the various forums, who've told people about it. Um, it's it's made it's made the numbers go up, obviously, and it's made the interactions go up, and that's what we want in the community is more of a community feel. I like to think that I um, that I'm approachable and that uh that i hopefully don't ruffle too many feathers along the way but that i can say i can say things how 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 i feel about them uh if if you disagree with things that i the points of mine i think that's great um you don't you know just because you disagree doesn't mean that i don't think you're really smart some of the smartest people on the forums are people who i disagree with quite a bit but that's okay that's how it is uh we we say what we think, and um, we collect what we want, and we feel the way we feel about the sport. And uh, if we disagree disagree along the way, that's totally fine. Um, so, yeah. But again, thank you guys. And if there's anything that you can do to support the show in terms of you know giving it a good rating, or um, you know sharing it with a friend. Or stuff like that. I always really appreciate that. So thank you guys. You're, you guys are awesome. Um, it's off season time, which is time to make your hay. It's time to buy the stuff that you haven't been able to afford, but is now a little bit less. Uh, some stuff decreases in the off season. Some stuff doesn't. Some stuff goes up. It depends on the trends of how people are collecting and how people are seeing what is going to happen next year and it depends on so many factors and this is what's so interesting about the hobby is I'll give you an example so the, the I'm always focused on the Jazz because the Jazz are my team and the Jazz just recently picked up a starting quality point guard in George Hill so the immediate reaction to George Hill being signed is there are people who are Exum collectors Dante Exum collectors who take that as a sign that the Jazz um, are doubting Dante Exum. And so you have a couple of big Exum collectors kind of jump off the wagon, stop buying stuff, and start selling stuff. Uh, and 
that creates a an inflated supply and now suddenly the demand is down well did Dante Exum change overnight what happened um, Dante Exum didn't change overnight nothing nothing really changed if you would have asked me and some of you did um, and I mentioned this on blowout Dante Exum is a guy who's played one full season out of the last three seasons he's very young he's um, capable of doing great things but he's so far from a finished product he's the number five pick in that great 2014 draft but a lot of those guys have been injured um, we don't know how good he is what we do know is he has the physical tools he seems like he's really smart and he has very little experience and so I always felt like Dante Exum would get that the Jazz would find somebody to give him a really soft landing when he came back, and that's exactly what they did. But some people, I guess, thought he was going to start and score twenty points a game or something. I don't know. I don't know what other people were thinking. But my point is that if let's say his stuff went down, I don't know, not not cra nothing crazy, but like say fifteen, ten to twenty percent, some amount like that. If his stuff went down that much for a reason that doesn't really doesn't matter, then that would be the perfect time to, or that might be the perfect time to pick his stuff up. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on like that, right? We get into the offseason, people start focusing on baseball, people start focusing on football, and, and what's in front of their faces, what's on their TV. And so the offseason has traditionally been a great time to pick stuff up. Um, I think the other smart thing to do is to look at which teams you feel like have made the most improvements during the offseason and will thus put the stars of those teams in the spotlights. And so last year at this time, people were going crazy after Anthony Davis stuff, and I had a ton of Anthony Davis stuff. I had a crazy Anthony Davis collection. But I saw the writing on the wall, and the writing on the wall was, here's a guy who's awesome, but who has no great teammates, who has no good teammates. You could argue that the second best player on that team was Ryan Anderson. And although I like Ryan Anderson, he should be a fourth or a fifth or fourth or a fifth best guy on a team, not a second best guy. And Tyreek Evans and Drew Holiday are injury prone and not winners. And so I looked at that and I thought, you know what? Anthony Davis is really taken off. He's got a lot of people who are collecting his stuff right now, and he's selling really well. And although I love the guy, I don't think he's ever going to be worth more than he is right now. And so I unloaded, um, which I'm glad that I did. I actually kept a few a few of his high-end st stuff uh, past the offseason, and I really shouldn't have. I ended up unloading them during the season, and I lost a bunch of money on those um, compared to if I would have sold them during the offseason. So those are some things uh, sort of t to think about. Um, so... I guess the other thing that I'd say is I always talk about zigging while other people are zagging, especially in the hobby where focus is, wherever the focus is, if, if like when a new product comes out, for example, whenever a new product comes out, there's there, there are definitely ways to, to find undervalued things when a new product comes out, so I don't want to discount that. But when everybody's focus shifts, that's the time to look at what they're shifting from. Because that is the time that those the, the, the items that they're shifting from 
decrease in value, and then you can pick them up and wait for them to go back to, to where they were. And you have to make sure that it's something that's a temporary uh, shift away from. But when people start pumping, uh, pumping and really going crazy after one specific product or one specific player or, or one specific whatever, look at what else around is undervalued, and especially during the off-season. So um, the other thing about the off-season is for some crazy reason, it's when the majority of the high-end products come out. So this year we've seen National Treasures. That was the big, the one big um, super high-end product that's come out. But we would, we know that we're getting Immaculate again this year. We would assume we're probably getting Flawless. And it's very likely that we're getting Eminence. Uh, who knows, maybe we'll get something else. But uh, that's that's a lot of stuff to come out between now and presumably October or November of this year. It's, you know, it's the end of June, so we've got July, August, September, and October. Really, four months for those huge products come out. Uh, Eminent or Immaculate should be first. We know that because its preview's been on, has been out there for a while. And um, the other products will follow that. So, as those products are coming out, other products from earlier in the year are decreasing and people aren't looking after them. It gives you opportunities like, for example, what happened at the end of this year. At the end of this year, a lot of the lower end chromium type products like Prism and Chrome from, from, from a while ago, a lot of those took off in value. Or as a specific example, the Kawhi Leonard prism went up a lot. The Draymond Green prism went up a lot. And so if you had a lot of those, the, the prisms, the, the refractors, or what are called the prism prisms, the, um, the select type rookies, all of that went up of the middle tier stars. And you could have b bought those for a song back in the off season. So be thinking about those things. Be thinking about the things that people aren't looking at right now. What's undervalued? What are people not putting enough stock in? And especially as they focus on, begin to shift their focus to baseball and then football, really think about that because this is the time to buy. And if you're a long timer like me, uh, you, you know that. So start looking, uh, start looking now. Um, and and like I said, look at look forward to those new products too because there are there are going to be some really good products coming out. And what I'll do is each time a new product comes out, I didn't do a great job of this with National Treasures, but I will with the others. Each time a new product comes out, I'll give you kind of my review of that. I won't always give it a grade because I, I don't think it's really easy to do that on the first week or first couple of weeks that a product is out. But I'd like to at least tell you my honest opinion on what I think the highlights of the set are, what things are worth watching for, and if there's anything in particular that you want me to, to mention or to look at or to give my thoughts on, please let me know and I'll be happy to do that. Um, as always, hit me at the27guy on Twitter or you can PM me on Blowout again at the 27 guy um okay next topic i want to do a quick recap of the draft um i thought the draft was very anticlimactic <laughs> especially for how much uh, time and thought i put into it this year and every other year uh but but this year was i thought extremely anticlimactic it's kind of weird because every team has cap space you don't know how many people are looking forward to free agency. You don't know. 
Um, this draft was very wide open. That was interesting. You had the top two picks known for a long time, and then once three hit, everything just just fell apart in terms of what the experts thought would, would happen. Um, and then you had guys like Scal Labissiere and Timofey Luongo, uh, Luwalu, Luwalu, I don't know how to say his last name, and um, uh, Deontay Davis just falling. Furkan Korkmaz, all of those guys just fell. And it was weird. The guys, it, there were a lot of guys in the in the late lotteries uh, into the teens that were not projected by many people to go um, to go higher. What I think is interesting about that is those middle those middle of the road teams are looking for guys that can help them win now, because a lot of those guys are trying to either get into the playoffs or trying to get from eighth to sixth, or from eighth to fourth or something like that. Uh, if you if you think about it, they're going to look for guys who can help them win now. So, for example, the Hawks have the number 12 pick that they received in the trade with um, trading Jeff Teague to the Pacers and the Pacers sending George Hill to the Jazz, and the Jazz sent the 12th pick to the Hawks. So with their 12th pick, they took a kid who I really like uh, named Torian Prince. I really like the Torian Prince as a guy who – can be a great off the bench defender, play some three, play some play play some four, some small ball four, and I thought this guy could be really good, and I thought it's kind of interesting that he's projected to go early second round or late first round. The Hawks came in and picked him twelfth, and he's also a senior, right? Seniors didn't seem to have the same stigma in this draft that they've had in others. Um, he wasn't the only senior that went. Uh, higher Denzel Valentine also went higher than people projected so it seemed like teams were out for winning now rather than looking at projects and by projects I mean guys that just aren't quite ready Deontay Davis and Scalabissier uh, both fell dramatically both of them were supposed to be lottery picks or early early like mid mid teens at the very latest and Deontay Davis went second round and Labissier went uh, I think 28th just crazy how far those guys fell. And, you know, we've seen that before with these bigs that have a lot of talent but don't haven't put it all together. Kind of reminds you of a guy like DeAndre Jordan. Uh, those, those are picks worth taking. And even if it takes them a couple of years, most of these guys that are taken in these mid, in the middle, middle of the first aren't really worth it. So I wonder if in looking to win now, some of these middle-of-the-road teams really sacrifice their future. I... I Again, Lebissier, I think you've got to look at that guy and just Im imagine what he could be in a couple of years. The other thing that's interesting is he faced up against Thon Maker, I believe, at the Nike Hoop Summit about a year ago. And he just was a lot better than Maker was. But draft day came and Thon Maker went 10th and Lebissier went 28th. So you just, I guess you just never know. Um, I think if you're a Sixer fan, you should be really happy you finally got your cornerstone in Ben Simmons. The thought on Simmons right now from, I think, the really smart basketball minds is, one of the thoughts is, why don't you just play the guy at point guard? And and I'm going to get like fairly technical here, so this may be part that isn't super interesting for those of you who aren't big basketball junkies, but um, he's he's six foot ten and doesn't have a great jump shot. Well, if you don't have a great jump shot, you have to be either a power forward or a center 
to really be able to survive. If you're going to be a guard or a wing, you need to be able to have a good jump shot. The only exception to that is if you're a guard or a wing who has the ball in your hand an awful lot. So like LeBron James for, you know, 99% of the season wasn't a good jump jump shooter uh, until the last few games of the finals. It's great to have the ball in his hands because he has that Kevin Pelton word gravity. He has gravity. It means he brings people towards him. He he draws the attention of other people, and he can go to the hole, right? You can't just sag off a guy like that because he can just move towards you. And Ben, ben Simmons is going to have gravity. Ben Simmons needs the ball in his hands. It's one of the reasons I'm really glad that Philly wasn't able to parlay one of their bigs to go get Chris Dunn because Chris Dunn also kind of needs the ball in his hands. Um, probably less than Ben Simmons, though, interestingly enough. Um but they both really need the ball in their hands. And so um, does that sometimes work? Well, yeah. I mean, Dwayne Wade and LeBron James won two championships together. So, yes, it works sometimes. But I think that's hard to do, especially for two guys that are at the beginning that are at the beginning of their career. And especially with guys like Okafor um, there who also – I mean, I just don't see how Okafor works with Ben Simmons. It just does not seem like it fits. It does not seem like it makes sense. So, anyway, I think – Simmons needs the ball in his hands, and he can't shoot, which means I think he should play the same role as a guy like LeBron James or as a guy like Dwayne Wade. I think he should play point guard is what I'm saying. I think he should bring the ball up the court. I think he should run the offense. I think he should be the guy, but more than both of those things, I think he should be the guy at the beginning of the pick and roll. Um, and I think, you know, if I don't know. I haven't watched him enough to understand how good his defense is, but if he could be a guy who could guard um, the one or the two spot, then you create a lot of problems. It's kind of like the sort of defender that b bugs Chris Paul or traditionally has bugged Chris Paul the most is the sort of defender that can really, like an Andre Roberson type, the sort of guy that's bigger, long, strong, and just Clay Thompson give, gives the smaller guy fits. Isn't as quick, but really gives him fits. Ben Simmons could be like a monster sort of sized guy like that and if he can do that as well as play the point and you know initiate pick and rolls and and things like that and, and post up smaller guys um because the other team's not always going to have a matchup to throw out there at a 610 point guard and they may have to put a two guard or something like that against him if he can do those types of things he can be a, a weapon pretty quick in the nba um so i think if you're the sixers you've got to feel good because you're You've got your cornerstone now. So, I mean, let's think about the Sixers real quick. They've got Embiid. They've got Okafor. They've got Noel. they got the um, kid whose name escapes me right now from uh, who, who's been overseas for a couple of years. And they've got um, and they've got Simmons. I, I know they have some other pieces, but those kind of feel like the main pieces. So you got a bunch of bigs and Simmons, who's also a big. They just, they've got to turn some of that into shooting. And I know they got some shooters later in the draft, but rookies who are shooters aren't necessarily going to be great. Um, but like I say, great for Philly that they finally got their guy. And good for the Lakers that they finally, that, that they got a guy too. I like, I like Ingram a lot. I think he's got a chance, but um, just because he looks like Durant, just because when you watch him play, he kind of acts like Durant. Doesn't mean he'll have all that Durant has. That will and that sort of drive is just 
is awesome. Kevin Durant's one of the best. He's a, a great a Hall of Famer and a guy who just is killer on the basketball court. And so um, hopefully, you know, hopefully for the Lakers, uh, Ingram, Ingram can be that. But it's hard to bet that a guy will be as good as Kevin Durant, although that's what he looks like. Um, the other thing to mention about the draft is it was thin on trades, with the exception of one that happened on draft day and one that happened right before. I already mentioned one. It's probably the more important one in terms of like winning and losing and playoffs and stuff like that. The Jazz got a lot stronger getting, um, as I mentioned already, George Hill. The Pacers got a lot faster. It's debatable whether they got better, but they got faster by getting Jeff Teague, and that gives them more of an identity. Uh, their lineup of Turner, um, who am I forgetting? I can't think of who they're for is. I don't know why it's coming to me, but why it's not coming to me. Oh, yeah, Thaddeus Young. So Turner, Thaddeus Young, Paul George, and then Monte Ellis, and, um, and uh, I just said his name, Jeff Teague. Uh, that's a quick lineup, and they they have an identity now. They're going to fly up and down the court. They're going to get into people um, – on defense, being quick to the ball, quick to double team, quick to quick to everything, um, and th that's you know they're probably they're not going to be a great rebounding team. Um, the only position that they'll probably rebound at an above average rate is the small forward position with Paul George. They've got a below average size power forward, probably an average size center who's a rookie or who was a rookie last year and isn't like the toughest guy in the world. Um, they got Monte Ellis and. You know, two small guards. It's not going to be a great rebounding team, but they can be quick. They can fly up and down the court, and they can shoot from all five positions, including center. So I think that's interesting. Um, the Jazz, like I mentioned, added depth, and they added a guy in George Hill who can be a professional, who can play both the one and the two. Um, and, you know, keep in mind the Jazz won 40 games last year with starting Raul or Howell Neto for 75% of the se season and Shelvin Mack the rest of the season with uh, Dante Exum out, out the entire season. So not only did Dante Exum get healthy and should be able to play the season after recovering from his ACL tear, but they added a guy who has played in almost 100 playoff games and is a great defender and can play off the ball and on the ball. And they don't have, I don't know who they're going to start. I don't know who they're going to play more minutes, but that's a huge add as far as depth goes. They still have Rodney Hood. They still have Gordon Hayward. They still have Shelvin Mack, who was big for them last year. Alec Burks is getting healthy. Trey Burke, I'm shocked, is still on the team. But they've got a lot in the backcourt. Then you add, you know, like I said, Gordon Hayward at the three, Favors and uh, Lyles at the four with Gobert at the five. And Favors able to play us some backup five as well. And suddenly the Jazz look like a deep team. And as, and as a Jazz fan, I'm hyped for, to see what they do. And the Hawks now get to start Dennis Schroeder, which is what they wanted to do all along for the last little while. Uh, clears space for, for, for that. And they got, like I said, the number 12 pick in Torian Prince. So that's the breakdown of that trade. The other trade uh, stole – well, there, there's two other trades. There's the Derrick Rose trade, which is a big deal because a former MVP is being traded. By the way, think back to the last time or all the times you can think of that previous MVPs were traded. Off the top of my head, I can think of the Steve Nash trade. 
Oh, man, there's not a lot of trades, though, for MVPs. You know, you don't – LeBron James never got traded. Kevin Durant's not ever been traded. Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan. I guess Allen Iverson was traded once. Um, Nash was traded at the end of his career. Kobe was never traded. A trade of a previous MVP is super rare. Shaq was traded. Like, it's maybe happened – I think that's this is the fourth time in the last twenty something years, maybe longer. Hakeem was never traded. Jordan was never traded. Malone was never traded. Like super rare event, and so that's why it's a big deal. Unfortunately, Derrick Rose is a shell of himself, and uh, hopefully, at some point, he'll be able to, you know, he'll be able to perform for the Knicks. But I think it's likely that he's. I don't know. I think it's likely that he plays fifty five games next year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he does what he's capable of doing and that he feels some level of success. But um, that's a hard, that would be a hard thing to bet on. The most important trade, um, maybe, though, in terms of real true star power, is what happened with the Thunder and the Magic. So the Magic sent... The number 11 pick, which was turned into uh, Sabonis, and um, Victor Oladipo on the last year of his contract, and um, the guy, I gosh, his name escapes me. I should just ha- have this up, but I'm not looking at it. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova. Uh, tall shooter, uh, not super tough down down low but very long very tall um for Serge Ibaka so the biggest name in the deal is Serge Ibaka second biggest name is Victor Oladipo and it's interesting timing right because the Thunder are we don't know if the Thunder are going to be able to get Durant and they just go ahead and send Ibaka out now some people just hear that and they go oh the Thunder are so stupid why did they trade one of their main players the Thunder are not stupid one of two things happened here. Either the Thunder know that they, that Kevin Durant is leaving, and so they're preparing for the future, or Kevin Durant went to them and said, I don't think we can keep Serge Ibaka. I think we need to get rid of him now, um, and I think we need to try to pick up a person like a person who fits the mold like Victor Oladipo does. My guess is that Durant's staying for a year. My guess is that Victor Oladipo is a one-year sort of experiment to see how he can fit with the Thunder's lineup. And I always talk about zigging while other people zag, and this is this is a really interesting zig while other people zag. The rest of the league is going with shooting and length and spreading the floor, and the Thunder had one of the best pieces in the league for spreading the floor in Serge Ibaka, a guy who can block shots, defend the middle, and sit outside and shoot three-pointers. And they traded him. And they traded him for a guy who's not traditionally been a great shooter at the two-guard spot in Victor Oladipo, but who is a great ball handler and a guy who can uh, take you off the dribble and get to the hoop. And so now, although they don't have great spacing, the Thunder have three of the most... They have two of the very most electric ball-handling... Um, get-to-the-rim athletes that you'll see in in the entire league. And a guy in Victor Oladipo who is pretty close to that top tier. He's not not those guys by any means. 
but he's he's a lot better than Dion Waiters too. So I think you know the, the Thunder have decided. Look, this is going to be who we are. This is our identity. We're going to be the long, super athletic team that may not be the best jump shooters in the world, but man, we can defend the heck out of the ball. We can be crazy, you know, long at the wing posi- um, the wing spots, and we can run it down your throats. And good for them. I like, you know, I like it when 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 teams take that position that they're going to do things a little bit differently. I think they've got a chance. I don't know if it's going to work. I have no clue. And in the process, they also get a guy in um, Sabonis who looks like he can do most of what Ennis Cantor can do. He's not going to be as good underneath the hoop. He's not going to be as highly skilled as Cantor. But I can totally see the Thunder dropping Cantor on somebody else with now a uh, contract that doesn't look so bad anymore with the sort of contracts that are going to be going around this season, this off season, and they could pick up a big. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Thunder go af- after Horford. I think that deal would make a whole lot of sense for them. I wouldn't be surprised to see them drop Cantor on a team like the Nets. Um, I think that the deals that you're going to see this off season are going to shock you. I wouldn't be surprised to see guys who are not or who are barely rotational players get ten million a year. I heard people talking today that Solomon Hill might get three years, thirty-five million dollars. I heard people talk today that are really smart. Uh, it's the the Dunked On podcast with um, Nate Duncan. They did their off-season podcast with Kevin Pelton, Danny Larue, and another guy. I don't remember his name. Forgive me for forgetting his name, but. They they talked about um, what guys are likely to get, and it's crazy. It is absolutely insane what the increase in the cap is doing to what people are going to get paid. Like, there's very little debate. The Evan Fournier is going to make over $20 million next year. Evan Fournier? Isn't he like a backup wing? And he's almost guaranteed to get a max contract? Like, seriously? It's ridiculous. It's like insane to think about these things. And I think the Magic have to pay him that because they just traded Victor Oladipo. Anyway, I digress. Um, these guys are going to get paid a ton, a ton of money. And so, yeah, watch out for that. Um, talked about Oladipo and Ibaka. I think the last piece that I want to talk about is where does Kevin Durant go? Lots of people are talking about it. Lots of people have it narrowed down to Golden State and the Thunder. I would say this about Kevin Durant. Followed Kevin Durant since he had, since he just got out of college. I followed him for t- almost 10 years now. He was my first big play in the sports card um, hobby where I kind of went all in on somebody, and it was obviously a great decision. He was the first guy that I made a lot of money on, and so I, I, like I said, I followed him, and I did my diligence as far as knowing about him and stuff beforehand, and I love Kevin Durant. I love, love, love Kevin Durant. He is a different type of guy, different type of athlete. He's extremely smart, but he's driven by things that are maybe a little bit different than a lot of athletes. I will be pretty surprised if he goes to Golden State. He just lost to them in conference finals and I think he knows that a lot of people would look at him like he was a sellout if he left to go to Golden State I don't think he's going to Golden State having said that I wouldn't I mean I could be wrong 
I would be shocked if he goes there. But I could be wrong. I'd be more shocked if he went to Cleveland. But because um, <laughs> they don't have cap space and for a lot of other reasons. But um, but I really don't think they're the most likely team for him to go to. I don't think they're the second most likely team. I don't think they're the third most likely team. I don't think he's going to San Antonio. They just beat San Antonio. He can't go to the team that they just beat, especially when that team's getting old. And Kawhi Leonard basically plays the same position as him. I don't believe he's going there. I think there's two teams he could go to in the West and then a couple of kind of off-the-wall picks in the East. If he's thinking logically and he wants to make it to the finals, going back East is probably the best way to go. I think if you go sign a deal right now with the Boston Celtics, you have a very good chance of contending to go to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. That team was already darn good. You add Kevin Durant to the mix, and they're a finals contending team. So I think he will think about the Boston Celtics. I don't think that he'll really think about the Wizards, but if there was another team in the East he would go to, I would think it would be them. That leaves two more teams in the West that I think are most likely. I'll give you who I think is most likely first, and then the surprise pick next. I think the most likely team that he goes to is that he stays in Oklahoma City. I think deep down, I think Kevin Durant would love to be known as a guy who was super loyal to a town um, and who went and won them a championship. But Oklahoma City has been dealt on a silver platter, wonderful success for all these years that he's been there for a team that had just moved there. They've gotten more success than they could have ever deserved. And so I won't feel bad for Oklahoma City if he leaves. Um, seriously, they've had a ton of success. But I think the loyalty that's in him is most likely going to just keep him there. He knows those guys. He knows the owners. He knows Sam Presti. He, he loves Russell Westbrook. I think he, he looks around him and he sees Steven Adams and he sees what else the Thunder is doing. And, you know, he thinks he might think, well, man, what can I do with Victor Oladipo? What can I do with potentially Al Horford, and I think the Thunder are going to make it very compelling for him to stay. And I think there's one other place that there's a very good chance that he goes to, and that's the L.A. Clippers. Doc Rivers can sell, man, he can sell ice cream to the Eskimos. He is a great salesman. He's like the Barack Obama of NBA coaches. The way he speaks just speaks to you. The way he, um, he's just very convincing. Um, that doesn't mean anything about Barack Obama, positive or negative, by the way, other than that he is an incredible public speaker, can stand up and really make you believe in him. And that's who Doc Rivers is. And I think he'll sell Kevin Durant. And I think he has a lot to sell Kevin Durant. You think about that lineup. You think about Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. And if that team is healthy, the team is really, really freaking good. <laughs> that team will make, will do some serious damage and absolutely contend for a championship if he goes there. That team has two or three really great years in it still with where Chris Paul is at in his, in his career. And then you've got the other guys on that team that are all at a similar prime as Kevin Durant. He gets to L.A., he gets to the big market, he gets a great team, he gets a great coach. I think that's something that he has to think about. 
And again, he's got a great salesman who's going to present all that to him. And so for me, it comes down to them and it comes down to Oklahoma City. It may come into the news that, hey, it's coming down to them and Golden State. I just don't think he's going to Golden State, man. I don't think there's any chance. So anyway, no product reviews this week. Again, this episode a little bit went a little bit longer than I intended it to, but Thank you, as always, for listening and downloading the Basketball Podcast. Please follow me at The27Guy um, on Twitter. Please tweet me with any questions. Hit me on Blowout with any questions. Um, if there's anything you want me to share or anything that you're looking for, let me know. Um, if you've got any anything else you want me to cover here, please let me know. And uh, until next time, happy collecting. Mm-hmm.